Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My ways that gives that natural look is T O N I. Tony. Tony. Tony Home Permanent, the wave that gives that natural look, brings you Crime Photographer. Good evening, everyone. This is Bill Cullen greeting you for Tony Home Permanent and inviting you to listen to another adventure of Casey, Crime Photographer, ace cameraman who covers the crime news of a great city. Written by Alonzo Dean Cole, our adventure for tonight, Cupid is the Killer. Early evening in the Blue Note Cafe. Casey and Ann Williams are perched on two tall stools when... Hasselbert! Your phone's ringing. Answer it. It might be important. I'm coming. Just bringing up some lemons. Well, hurry up. Come I'm on. coming. I'm coming. Hello? Blue Note Cafe, Ethelbert speaking. Yeah, he's here. What? For you, Casey, your city desk. Oh, oh. Give me a... Hello, Bert. Yeah. Yeah, Miss Williams is here with me right now. Okay, Bert. Right? We'll be right over. Yes, so long. Now what, Casey? An assignment for you? A murder, maybe? Oh, right you are, Ethelbert. Come on, Annie. Yeah, but who, uh, where... We'll give you the details when we get back. Yeah. So long, pal. <laughs> Have you been wondering how you can afford a new permanent just when you want some new clothes for summer? Well, Tony Home Permanent is your answer. A Tony costs only one dollar, and yet there's no lovelier, longer-lasting wave at any price. For Tony gives you this twin guarantee. Your Tony wave is guaranteed to last just as long as the most expensive wave you've ever had. And your Tony is guaranteed to look more natural or your money back. So get a Tony Home Permanent for only one dollar. With plastic curlers, $2. And save money for new summer clothes by giving yourself the loveliest wave you've ever had with Tony Home Permanent. The wave that gives that natural look. T-O-N-I, Tony. Tony. 
was shot by someone who was outside, Logan. A bullet came through that window. That's right, Casey. The killer was across the street in a parked automobile. He used a high-powered rifle. Rifle? Yeah. He found the slug that went through this guy's skull, uh, 30-30. Hmm. I remember two other killings that fit this pattern, Logan. Guy shot in the head from a car with a 30-30 rifle? Yep, I'm thinking of the same two previous killings, Casey. You think of Bat McCoy did the shooting? Sure. Bat McCoy? This is his very successful method of knocking off guys who get in his way, Miss Williams. Of course, I'll have him picked up for questioning, but he'll have a 22 carat alibi ready as usual, and we won't even be able to hold him. You identify the dead guy, Logan? Yeah, he's a young fellow, Benny Thrush. He played piano over at Bat McCoy's Purple Slipper Cafe. Why would a big shot like Bat McCoy want to bump off a piano player? I'll tell you. You two know a gal named Valerie Hooper. She used to be a cashier at Schmidt's restaurant. Yeah, we know her. Yeah, we often eat at Schmidt's. Pretty kid, isn't she? Yeah, redhead. Nice, too. What happened to her? We haven't seen her Two months ago, she got married to Benny Thrush. What, this guy? Who's Justin Kill? Uh-huh. According to what I've heard from my private sources, McCoy fell for Valerie hard. She's not the two-timing sort, so McCoy didn't get anywhere. Now, it's my idea, Casey, that he killed Mr. Benny Thrush in order to have a clear field with Mrs. Benny Thrush. Yeah, that McCoy would do a thing like that. And I'll give you a ten to one, Casey, that McCoy will throw a top-grade funeral for his ex-piano player and will officiate as chief mourner, all to make a hit with Mrs. Benny. Oh, nuts and we cops can't do a single thing. Not a pretty picture, Logan. But, um, fancy gangster funerals make good newspaper copy, Casey. Right. Annie, you and I are going to attend that funeral. <laughs> Quite a crowd outside the undertaker. Yeah, funerals of murder victims always pull an overflow audience. Let's go. We'll see the murderer inside, Casey. He'll be comforting the widow. Yeah. Coy had a perfect alibi, just as Logan figured. Cops couldn't do a thing with him. Do you suppose that Valerie, Mrs. Brush, knows that McCoy... No, I doubt it. Of course, the cops haven't tipped her. Just their hand by letting her know what they suspect. Mm. Hey, look at that. Hmm? Logan's planted some of his undercover guys here. Detective? Yeah, the big fellow in the gray suit. He's one. I've never seen him before. Well, he's new on the Homicide Squad. He's a nice guy, too. Also young and uh, very good looking. Name's Throckmorton. Throckmorton? Yeah. Clarence Throckmorton. Oh, no, can't be a cop <laughs> named Clarence Throckmorton. Well, I tell the other cops feel about it. They call him Kansas. That's where he comes from. Wait, I'll introduce you. Hey, Kansas. Huh? Oh, hello, Casey. Glad to see you. And let me present Detective Throckmorton. Kansas. Miss Williams, she reports at Express. Pleased to know you, Miss Williams. And to know you. Logan's detailed you here to watch Bat McCoy, I suppose. Yeah, the captain figures we just might hear or see something that will help us to get that skunk. I doubt if you will. Yes, so do I. You know, the widow that murdered fellow is one of the prettiest little women I ever seen. She looks so nice. <laughs> Casey and I think she's very nice, Mrs. Rockmorton. Hey, you talk like you know her. Yeah, we knew her before she got married. You did? Yeah. She inside now? No, they're going to show up here in a minute or two. Funeral possession's due to start pretty soon. Yeah, I want to take some pictures before it starts. Annie, let's get inside. Okay. See you later, Kansas. Yeah, sure. I'll be around. Casey, the chapel's crowded. It's crowded with rats. Most of the mourners are gorillas that work for McCoy. Hey, you with that camera. You talking to me? Yeah. Get out. We ain't have no pictures taken. I'm from the Morning Express. I don't care where you're from. What's I said you. Hello, Bat. Oh, Casey. Bat, will you tell this muscle man of yours that I'd like a couple of shots of the coffin and flowers? Yeah, it's okay, Steve. All right. Everybody clear away from the coffin. This fellow's going to take a picture that'll be in the papers. Yeah, thanks, Bat. What do you say to this send-off I'm giving poor little Benny Thrush? Huh? That bronze coffin alone set me back five grand. Yeah. 
Looks like it cost that much. You get a load of that full-size piano, you're all made out of expensive flowers. Yeah. It's my going-away present to poor little Benny. Who do you suppose made poor little Benny go away back? I wish I knew, Casey. Say, get that flower piano in your picture. Benny's widowed like it. Yeah, I'll get it out. That's it. Say, isn't that Benny's widow coming in? Yeah, I gotta go to the poor kid. She needs me to lean on. Yeah. Come on, Annie. Let's you and me get to the widow, too. She was terribly broken up, Casey. How are you feeling today, Valerie? I'm all right, Miss McCoy. Hello, Valerie. Hmm? Remember us? Oh, Miss Williams and Casey. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad to see you, Casey. Hey, what, kid? They want to extend our sincere sympathy. If we can do anything for you, you just let us know. Oh, thank you both. If Mrs. Thrush needs anything, she'll call on me. When did you people get to know each other? Quite a while ago, Bat. Hey, Valerie, the paper's running a spread on your husband's funeral. You mind if I shoot a picture of you? All right, Casey. Take your picture. Uh, thanks, Casey. Just stand as you are. That's right. Hold it. Got it. Thank you. Hey, boy. Yeah? Uh, the undertaker just told me the preacher's here. You want to say a few words before the church guard begins? Of right? course I'm going to say some words about my pal, Benny. I ain't going to let this little lady's husband be stuck into the ground without I tell the world how much I thought of him. Come with me, Valerie. Boy, I need a rats and rats, but Rat McCoy is the worst. I'm thinking the same thing you are, Casey. Isn't there some way to make that loud paper what he's done and wants to do? Mind if I stand here with you? Huh? Oh, that has it, Casey. That McCoy's about to deliver a eulogy, Mr. Frostmore. Yeah, he came inside here to listen. Ain't she the prettiest little woman? Who? Well, the widow, Mrs. Benny Thrush. Oh, yeah. Right down, everybody. That McCoy's gonna say a few words. Yeah, this we gotta hear. Yeah, tell that guy at the organ we had enough out of him. <clears throat> Folks, with tears in my eyes, I stand before you to speak a last goodbye to my pal. Yes, sir. Prettiest little woman I ever seen. Benny Thrush was like a brother. To his widow and to all of you, I ain't ashamed to say, I love this guy. Lazier now to Stephen Cole. She's a nice woman, too. Friends, my pal Benny was a sweet character. Folks who don't know me say I'm hard-boiled and tough. But you see a guy this morning. Fat McCoy talked over that coffin for almost an hour about how much he thought of the late Benny Thrush, huh, Casey? That's right, Ethel. <laughs> and was it hard to take? Mm, I can sure imagine, Miss Williams. It's a dirty shame the cops can't do anything. Three killings. I guess to make a case, the cops would have to find the gun practically right in his murdering hands, wouldn't he? Yeah. Man, ain't much chance of him doing that. But one chance in a million, I guess. Elmer, tell the waiter to bring me some coffee, will you? Okay. Miss Williams? Uh, yeah, please. Will you have that coffee on me? Kansas, hi. Hello, Miss Williams. Yeah, Casey, the folks at your office told me I'd probably find you here at this Blue Note Cafe. We're looking for me, Kansas? Uh, Yeah. Say, Ethelbert, shake hands with Detective Throckmorton. Detective Throckmorton? <laughs> this is the first time I ever met a cop by the name of Throckmorton. It's kind of funny. <laughs> this is the first time I ever met a bartender by the name of Ethelbert. <laughs> hey, what's funny about that? 
Yes, say, Casey, that was a mighty fine picture you took at the funeral yesterday. I saw it this morning's paper. Yeah, that shot of the coffin and McCoy's floral piano did turn out pretty good. And caught... Oh, that picture. Yeah. Well, which picture are you talking about? Oh, well, I, uh... Miss Williams, I know this ain't very polite, but do you mind if I take Casey out the side door there for a minute? It's a rather private police business. No, go ahead. I don't mind at all. Oh, thank you, ma'am. If you don't mind... Come no, right with you, Kent. Yeah. No one will hear us out here now. What's it all about? Why, oh, uh... Casey, I'm going to ask you a big favor. Yeah? That, that fine picture of Benny Thrush's widow that is in the paper... Oh, that was the picture that you... Yeah, wrote. that was... Well, now, will you make me a print of it, Casey? Like uh, it goes in the frame. Well, sure I will. Yeah, but why do you cops want it? Well, us, uh, us cops don't want it. Only me. Or oh, you? Yeah, this is a personal, Casey. Oh. Guess I'm a little slow. You like the widow's looks, huh? I ain't gonna lie to you. She's the prettiest little woman I ever did see. Now, wait a minute. Uh, have you gotten acquainted with her yet? No, no. But I, I was just thinking that if it ain't asking you too much, will you introduce me someday all formal and proper like... Look, Kansas. Hasn't anybody told you that Bat McCoy suspected of bumping off Valerie's husband so he could make a wedding march play for the widow? Well, all of us cops suspect that. And you want to try to cut in on that killer? Casey, when I get a fear to skunks, I'll resign from the police department. Well... That's the way you feel. I'll get you acquainted with Mrs. Thrush tomorrow. Uh, Casey, I won't ever be able to pay you for this big favor. You've already paid me, Kansas. Yes, you give me an idea. Oh, look, our coffee's getting cold, Kansas. Guess we better get back inside. Yeah. Well, say, <laughs> that's Bill Cullen talking to Miss Williams. Hey, come on over. I'll introduce you. All right. Well, back again. Ah, hello, Bill. Bill, I want you to meet the new detective on the police force, Clarence Brockmorton. Uh, Clarence Brockmorton? <laughs> Don't say it. Just call me Kansas, Bill. Fair enough, Kansas. You can call Bill Curley. Oh, now, Ann, what have I done to deserve that nickname? You see, Kansas, we always tease Bill about having an eye for, uh, curly-headed women. Oh, me too, Mr. Cullen. Nothing I admire like real naturally curly hair. That may be real natural curly blonde hair. You better watch out, Ethelbert. You can be fooled, you know. Today, you just can't tell which is the girl with the natural curl and which is the girl with the Tony. Many a girl with a Tony has been asked if she had naturally curly hair. That's because gentle Tony waves actually look and feel like naturally curly hair. Those lovely deep waves comb into place so easily, the soft ringlet ends curl around your finger. There's no harshness, no frizzy stage to live through when you have a Tony. Because even on the very first day, a Tony wave looks soft and lustrous and natural. You can give yourself a Tony tomorrow. And tomorrow night, have hair so lovely, people will think you were born with a natural wave. Just remember, only Tony gives you this twin guarantee. Your Tony wave is guaranteed to last just as long as the most expensive wave you've ever had. And your Tony is guaranteed to look more natural or your money back. So it's no wonder more than two million women each month choose Tony Home Permanent. More than two million? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of women. Yes, each month another two million women have lovely, long-lasting Tony Way. How about you? Casey, I don't like your idea at all. Yeah, but it's beginning to work, Logan. The sooner than I expect it, too. 
It's just a couple of months since I introduced Candace to Valerie Thrush, but the guy is so honestly crazy about it that I think she's already gotten that way about him. And what's more important, that McCoy has found out about it. Boy, is he burning. I know McCoy's sore. And then I have Tillingham report that he followed Kansas home last night and took a very thoughtful gander at the windows of the house. Well, that's swell. Getting ready to pull something. Yeah. He follows his standard grudge murder pattern. He's getting ready to pull that 30-30 out of his hiding place. Which is exactly what we want. We want to find that rifle in McCoy's hands, Casey, and we want to find him attempting another murder with it. But we don't want him to commit that murder. Look, I've got that all figured out, Logan, and I've got the answers. Yeah. Now, look. We're almost certain now that McCoy is planning to rub out Kansas. And it's a thousand to one that he'll make the try in his usual way. His usual successful yes, way. Yes, but this time, we pick the time and the place. Well, if we can do it. We can. The time will be tomorrow night in a place. This is Thrush's apartment. This is Thrush's apartment. He lives on the first floor with nice big windows facing the street, Logan. Now, McCoy, watching from a parked car across the street, is going to see something in that apartment. It'll make him use that 30-30. You're going to arrange for the killer to be there and see things. Uh-huh. And you'll be hiding close enough to nab him with the goods. And giving me the complete details? I'll be very glad to, pal. And even a dumb cop like yourself will see what a cinch this is going to be. Uh, tell the dumb cop more. Okay, now listen. Kansas knows he's in danger from that. But he doesn't know that we've deliberately planned to set him up as a decoy. Excuse me, you've deliberately All planned. right, okay, I've deliberately planned. We'll come clean with Kansas tomorrow morning and give him the whole thing. You mean you'll come clean with All him? All right, I'll come clean. Now, look, Valerie so far doesn't know a thing. She doesn't even suspect that McCoy gave her husband the works. But we need plenty of cooperation from her now, Logan. So we... I mean, I... I am going to her apartment this evening, give her the complete picture... And tell her what she had to do to help us. Before you continue, you're sure she will help us? Well, of course she will. Sure. She'll even thank me for the chance to do it. Well, Valerie, that's the whole story, full and complete. It's been a pretty horrible story, Mr. Casey. I simply can't believe that you and the police have suspected all along that... That McCoy killed my husband because because of me. Yeah, kid. And now I've told you how that you can help us to make him pay for what he did. You've told me a lot of things, but, but some of them you tried to cover up. Huh? Kansas. Mr. Clarence Throckmorton. You brought him here. He was nice to me. He made me like him, trust him. Not because he liked me, but... But because you and he wanted the glory of solving a crime. Glory. Hey, Valerie, no, I that... don't want to hear another word from you. All right, Mr. Casey. Yeah. I'll help the law catch the killer of my husband. When Bat McCoy phones me this evening, as he always does, I'll make a date with him for tomorrow night. Then, later, I'll break it and let him know that Mr. Throckmorton will be here in his place. I'll do everything you've asked me to. But I never want to see you again, Mr. Casey. Me? Well, Valerie... Listen. Get out of this house! But, Valerie... Get out! I'm... And tell Mr. Clara Throckmorton that I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. So, Mrs. Benny Thrush didn't thank you for the chance to help us, Casey. Uh, she practically threw me out of her apartment, Logan. Yeah, but she did promise to do what I asked her. Though. Her help won't do any good unless you get full cooperation from Kansas. And he isn't going to feel too friendly when he hears how you've wrecked his romance. Well, let me worry about that. Okay. Maybe you better worry a little about selling him on the job he's got to do tomorrow night. That won't be any trouble at all. We'll see in just an hour from now when he reports here at my office. No 
Captain Logan. I won't have no part of this scheme of Casey's. Valerie might get hurt. But she'll be 100% safe, Kansas. That's what you say. You sure, Kansas, this scheme is foolproof. It don't sound that way oh, to me. Logan, will you convince this chump? Me, Casey? Now, look here. It's time to stop kidding and needling each other. We're out to get a three-time killer, aren't we? Yes, we are. And I think your scheme is sound. Detectives, Rockmorton. Yes, Captain? Now, this is an order. You'll do exactly as Casey has requested. I won't do it, sir. You won't? No, sir. You know what that means? Yes, sir. Here's my gun. Here's my sheep. Well, now, look here, man. When you joined the force, you assumed a duty. You can't just... I never it. assumed no duty of putting a woman in bad danger, and I am quitting. I'm no longer a cop. You've gone to Valerie's apartment to persuade her right yeah, now. Yeah, right now. Oh, I've seen enough of women to know that you might persuade her, and I'm not giving you the chance. Oh. Casey! I feel like a skunk for hitting him, Logan. The only way to save our plan, though. Chump, this KO you handed him won't last more than a minute or two. It's long enough to put him in charge of your police sergeant. Police? Yes, yeah, sure, under medical observation for the next several hours. Casey, what do you... Well, have the, the doc strap into a bed, will you, in your emergency hospital here at headquarters. And keep him there until after we do our stuff tonight. I can't pull a phony like that. If you don't, we lose our chance to get McCoy, Logan. Everything's set. We can't let Kansas spoil it. Kansas is the guy McCoy wants to kill. Kansas and I are the same size. We've got the same color hair. If I put on his clothes and McCoy sees only but my back... You? Sure, sure. From across the street, he'll be certain that I'm Kansas. Uh, okay, Casey. I'll right. get the doc and give him his orders. That is, Kansas going to be sore at you? Yeah, he'll be sore at me. Valerie is sore at me. Uh-oh. There's thought of more trouble. Uh, the gimmick of our scheme is that McCoy's going to see Kansas and Valerie pull a hot Hollywood kiss. You don't think she'll do it with you? No, but what I'm worried about is that Ann Williams will be with you tonight, Logan. So what? Well, she's on an out-of-town assignment right now. I can't get hold of her to explain my substituting for Kansas. And if, if things aren't explained before she finds out that I'm the guy that she'll be seen making woo-woo with Valerie, well, he's uh, going to get the wrong idea. Hey, that is possible. Well, it's a certainty. Think no more about it, T.C. When she meets me tonight, I'll explain everything. Logan, I depend on that. Well, of course. Don't always trust you in personal matters. Well, no, if that isn't a fine thing to say to a pal. Are you sure Bat McCoy is in that sedan, Captain Logan? Positive, Miss Williams. McCoy's in the back seat. Watching those windows across the street as we are. Now, you and Bat are watching those windows. I'm keeping my eyes mostly on that sedan, watching for the end of a rifle barrel to make its appearance. Well, you'll have to move awfully fast if and when it does. If McCoy has a chance to fire at Kansas well, man head... and I are prepared to move fast, Miss Williams. Well, of course, McCoy can't do anything until Kansas shows himself behind one of those windows again. What time have you got? Why, it's just, uh, uh, one minute uh, to nine. Well, he'll show himself in one minute, then. This was Casey's scheme. He must know the time you and Kansas set. Oh, Casey knows. Well, then why isn't he here? Well, I've told you. He said he'd join us in time to get pictures. Well, where do you suppose he is? Yeah, no idea. Hmm. Only 30 seconds, huh? Uh, Watch that window on the right, Miss Williams. Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> Kansas and Valerie have been out of sight all this time. You think they've been uh, mixing romance with the business, Captain? Could be. You know how it is when a guy and a gal get together. And Valerie's a beautiful gal. Any man could fall for a gal like Valerie. Those redheads are dynamite. So I've heard. Captain, I see Valerie behind that window now. And Kansas with his back toward us. Watch that car, man. Uh-oh. What they're doing behind that window... 
Is that five-star embrace part of the script? Yeah, but that guy is really putting personality into it. Well, I'll say. And apparently, he's done a lot of rehearsing. Sure looks that way, Miss Williams. They're breaking it up now. It's all to be it, man. The boy wouldn't hurt the girl, but now he can line his sights on the guy. Look. It is it. He fired that right. Get him in. Why did you wait so long? Why'd you give him the chance to shoot? He killed Kansas. We got the rat, Captain. Our gun's killing his mission. The driver of his car, too. You dirty cops, you framed me. You framed yourself, McCoy, and right into the hot seat. Why did you let him shoot, Captain? Why'd you let him he kill Kansas? He hasn't killed anyone tonight, Miss Williams. But I saw him. All you saw and all McCoy saw was the reflection of a man and woman in a specially placed mirror. Mirror? Yes. <laughs> when Valerie and her uh, boyfriend seemed to be directly behind that window, they were really in another part of the room where a bullet from out here couldn't possibly hit them. Oh. Hey, Logan, you're standing in front of McCoy. Move away. I want to expect you. Oh, Casey. Yeah, hello, Annie. Uh, there's one shot, and I'll take another one. Well, Casey, that gray suit you have on. Oh, yeah, Kansas' clothes fit me okay, don't they, Annie? Kansas' clothes? Now, hold it for another picture, will you, boys? That does it. You were the man we've been watching in that apartment. I guess, sure. Yeah. Oh, you, you double-crosser. Uh, Logan, didn't you explain? Oh, I'm such a dumb cop, Casey. I forgot. No, you double-crosser. Good night. Annie, Annie, where are you going? I have a story to phone to the paper, Mr. Casey. Never wait for me, will you? I'm not going your way. Ever again. Annie, you got to listen. Good night, pal. I'll fix you for this, Logan. Just you wait. Annie! For soft water shampooing, use Tony Cream Shampoo. Even in the hardest water, Tony Cream Shampoo. Yes, even in the hardest water, Tony Cream Shampoo gives soft water shampooing that rinses away dandruff instantly. Leaves hair so soft, so smooth, so shining clean. Today, bring out the sparkling beauty of your hair with Tony Cream Shampoo. Get the handy tube or jar. Tony Cream Shampoo. It's for you. Miss Williams ain't even speaking to you, huh, Casey? No. I guess she's off me for life, Ethelbert. That was certainly a dirty trick that Logan played. Well, I can't blame him, really. I've stuck the needle into him so many times. That's so. Well, you don't have to agree with me. Gee, and you're also in wrong with Mrs. Valerie Thrush and Detective Throckmorton. Yeah, plenty. They tell me that Throckmorton is the best two-fisted fighter in the department. Huh? They say he spends a couple of hours every day in the gymnasium. And you do most of your training leaning on this bar, Casey. Uh, Still in all, it ought to be a fight worth watching. Will you shut up? Why, Casey? Uh-oh. Well, here's Detective Throckmorton now. Uh, Kansas? Yeah, Miss Williams and Mrs. Valerie Thrush are with him. Wait, are they all together? And all looking very mean. Uh, yeah, I see. Hello, Casey. Uh, hello, Kansas. Hello, Casey. Oh, uh, glad to see you, Annie. Hello, Mr. Casey. Hi, uh, good evening, Val. Mrs. Thrush. We've been looking for you. Yes, 
And now we've found you. Now, look here. You I... sucked me after trying to turn Valerie against me. Now, listen, Kansas. You listen to us. You really hit Kansas and had him locked up so you could take his place. Annie, you've double-crossed I... all of us, Casey. I'm not going to take any more You're of it. You're taking plenty more. Shall I give it to you here will you step outside? Come on outside, Kansas. I tried to give the three of you honest explanations, and you haven't even listened to me. Come on outside. Oh, Casey, let me give it to you here. But, huh? <laughs> Let him, Casey. Yes. Valerie and I want to watch. <laughs> so do I, Casey. So what, what, what is Here, pal, I'm giving you first look at the engagement ring I've just bought Valerie. And I'm giving you this kiss for bringing Kansas and me together. Yeah. Hey, now give me a chance, Valerie. Annie? Uh, Annie? <laughs> <laughs> you. double quadruple. I'm another, Casey. Logan. Hello, pal. <laughs> And me too, Casey. You were in this too, Ethelbert? Uh-huh. And uh, now what'll it be, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, Casey, this celebration will be on you. Crime Photographer, starring Scott Cutsworth as Casey, is produced and directed by John Deed. Written by Alonzo Dean Cole and is based on the fictional character of Flashgun Casey, created by George Harmon Cox. Original music by Archie Blyer, and the program features Miss Jan Minor as Anne and John Gibson as Ethelbert. Herman Chittison is the Blue Note pianist. This is Bill Cullen asking you to listen again next week at this same time to another exciting adventure of crime photographer. And also inviting you to listen to this is Nora Drake, radio's thrilling serial romance, heard every Monday through Friday over most of these stations. Consult your local newspaper for the exact time. Both of these programs brought to you each week by Tony Home Permanent. The wave that gives that natural look, and the new Tony Cream Shampoo for soft water shampooing, even in the hardest water. And now stay tuned for the Hallmark Playhouse starring Richard Widmark in Enchanted Cottage, which follows immediately over most of these CBS stations. This is CBS, where 99 million people gather every week. The Columbia Broadcasting System. Glass Corporation brings you Crime Photographer. Hi, Ethelbert. Hello, Casey. What did you think of the royal wedding? Oh, Casey, it's a shame. I couldn't get off to go to it. You? You mean you got an invitation? Sure, I've known him for years. You know Mountbatten? Mountbatten? Yeah. No, I mean Henry Royal. You know him, the cop on the beach here. Oh, I thought for a minute you were famous. Oh, Casey, but Ethelbert is. You know, he works for Anchor Hawking, the most famous name in glass. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Tony Marvin. Every week at this time, the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, and its more than 10,000 employees bring you another adventure of Casey, crime photographer, ace cameraman who covers the crime news of a great city. Written by Alonzo Dean Cole, our adventure for tonight, Earned Reward. <laughs> Thank you.
o'clock in the evening. The Blue Note Cafe. Casey, camera slung over his shoulder and a heavy equipment case resting beside his high stool, is sitting at the bar when a little man carrying a similar press camera and photographer's case enters from the street. Hello, Casey. Shorty, glad to see you, fella. I thought I'd find you here. You wanted to see me? Didn't you think I'd be looking you up? This was payday. You lent me a hundred bucks last week, Casey, so... Here's ten of it, sir. Ah, put that dough back in your pocket. Your kid's still in the hospital. But she's okay now. Came through the operation swell. That's good. And the missus made me promise I'd give you this today. That century pulled us out of a mighty tough spot. And you she... tell the missus to forget it for a while. If one camera guy can't help another without women butting in, it's too bad. Okay, Casey. Going on a job, Joey? Oh, just a political meeting in the old Caledonian Hall on Farley Street. Oh, one of those backstage fillers, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, after the beat you got on that Bernstein killing, you can afford to sit back for a while. I got the break of a lifetime on that Bernstein job, didn't I? Yeah, I figured it. You were only a few feet away when Joe Mosley shot him. Oh, not that close. Mosley had made his getaway before I could get a real hot shot of him. But I got swell close-ups of Bernstein lying in the gutter before the cops showed up. Yeah, you know, it's too bad hot pictures like that were wasted. <laughs> what do you mean, wasted? They should have been running a good paper like the Express instead of that lousy sheet you work for. Oh, nuts to you. <laughs> Here you are, Casey. Uh, thanks, Edelbert. You know Shorty Irwin of the Globe, don't oh, you? Oh, sure. Hiya, Shorty. Oh, fine, Edelbert. Casey tells me you're the guy who beat him and all the other press photographers on the Bernstein murder. Yeah, that was my lucky day. Say, uh, I see a reward's been offered for information leading to the capture of Joe Mosley, who shot Bernstein. Yeah, 5,000 bucks. Uh, that's a nice piece of change. I could sure use it. Mm, you and me both. I hear the cops been looking for him almost two weeks now without finding hide or hair of him. He's a smart cookie. Ah. It's that dumb, kill-crazy gorilla who's had a lot of luck and a clever, crooked lawyer for a brother. And now, when the cops catch him, even a mouthpiece like his brother Frank can't save him from the chair after that Bernstein job. Well, Frank usually has some shyster trick up his sleeve, Casey. He'll go all out to save Joe like he did for his other brother, Tony. Got him out after two years. Is there three Mosley brothers? Oh, sure. Tony was a camera guy like Casey and me, Ethelbert, on the old Inquirer. Until he got caught doing a blackmail business on the side. He got two years for that. <laughs> Should have had ten. Yeah, well, he's back in this town now, running a little photo studio on the south side. I guess he's been keeping his nose clean, though. I wouldn't lay any bets on that. And say, I gotta get down to East Folly Street. Yeah, I gotta be moving toward the office. Now, I'll see you guys later. And, uh, I'm much obliged, Casey. Oh, forget it, Shorty. Do my best to the missus and the kid, huh? I will. So long. So long, fella. So long. So long, Shorty. Nice little guy, Shorty Irwin. Yeah, he's tough. I hear his kid's been sick. Well, she's okay now, he says. Oh, that's good. One of the fellas on his paper tells me he's had an awful lot of expense with her. Said Shorty even had to hawk his life insurance to raise dough. Did you hear that? No, I didn't. He was uh, thanking you for something when he went out. Casey? Uh, he was thanking me for a tip on a horse I gave him. Oh. The tips you give out on horses don't call for gratitude. They call for revenge. That's to you. Well, I gotta be going. Uh, put this sandwich on the cup, Ethelbert, will you? After Annie and I stepped out last week, 
angel face. I'm a little short. Okay. Yeah. Well, so long. So long. Well, here comes Miss Williams. Oh, hello, Annie. Hi there. Hey, Casey, there's a big fire downtown, and City uh, Desk told me to pick you up and get down there right away. What kind of fire? Where downtown? An old frame tenement house. People are trapped in it. Hey, that's front page stuff. Sure, come on. It's on East Farley Street. Yeah, East Farley Street? Yeah. Holy smoke. The sure he's already on his way there. That little mud will see that fire and get another beat on him. Well, he's a pal of yours, Casey. What do you I got no pals when it comes to getting pictures. Come on, Ann. We gotta make this fire before that shrimp gets all the gravy. Ah, Annie, we missed the best part of it. Another five minutes, they'll have the fire out. Boy, it must have gone up like a haystack. Uh, Shorty probably got it while the blaze was at its best. He had a head start, too. Well, take another shot. It won't be any good. Well, hurry up. I want to find the fire captain and get some dope on the people who are trapped in there. Okay. All right, come on. Captain Glennon ought to be in charge. Yeah, there he is. Hey, Cat! Hello, Casey! You just got here? Yeah. Hey, was Shorty Irwin here while it was going good? Yeah. I saw Shorty working his camera all over the place. Yeah, Annie, I knew it. Hey, Captain Glennon, the report we got was that several people were trapped in this tenement. Uh, we think one man was caught in there, but no one else. Oh, one man? A neighborhood bum who... Hey, Stanley, straighten out that number two hose line. Okay, Captain. Uh, you say the man was a neighborhood bum, Captain? Well, that's our guess, Miss Williams. Uh, this tenement had been condemned and was empty. An unidentified man was seen going into it tonight. Probably some poor devil who had no other place to sleep. Screams were heard from the rear, but we couldn't make any attempt at rescue. That's your story to phone in, Annie. Can't get any more until the ashes are cool enough for men to go in there. Well, that won't be long the way we've watered this place. You better stick around. Yeah, we will. Yeah, well, thanks for everything, Cap. See you later. Yeah, so long, Casey. Hey, where are you going, Casey? The roof, one of those tenements back there. I may get a high-angle shot. Maybe Shorty didn't look at that. Come on. Okay. There's an alley here that we can cut through and see. Huh? It's terribly dark. Yeah, these buildings here cut off what's left of the fire glow. I can't see a thing right here. Neither can I. We've got a guiding sense in the dark, anyhow. Give me a hand, I'll help you. Oh, oh hey, what's the matter? Stumbled into something. Almost broke my big toe. Look at it. With this, this box. <laughs> Did that kick you gave it make your toe feel better? I don't see anything funny. I don't see anything at all. All right, come on. We haven't got all night. Oh, what's the well, I just stumbled into something. Hey, Casey, I almost fell, and I touched something warm and soft. What? Yeah, light a match. Light a match and see what it is. Okay. Good Lord. Hey, it's a man. man lying on his face and blood. Here, Paul, hold the match till I get a look. Okay. The guy's still warm. Turn him over and see. Casey! It's Shorty Irwin. Yeah, Shorty Irwin. Oh, wait a minute. He's not breathing. Oh, the match is gone out. Never mind the matches. Run back to the end of this alley and find a cop. Have somebody phone Logan at Homicide and hurry. Okay, Casey. And get a doctor, Annie, quick. Maybe Shorty isn't dead. Yeah, I will. The guy's got a wife and a sick kid and he was broke. Who could have shot him? Who and why? What? Who's there? <coughs> it was me, guy. Only me. Oh, my head. All I know, Logan, is that I... I heard somebody moving just behind me, and then something hit me. Uh, according to the doc, it must have been the butt of a gun. Oh, Casey. Gee, we thought at first that you were dead, too. Shorty is dead, huh? Yeah. 38 slug got him in the back. Went through his heart. 
Who could have killed a harmless little guy like him? Yeah, the same one who slugged you, Casey, from the looks of things. Yeah, but who was the killer, Logan? Haven't you found any leads? No, yeah, not yet. How, how long have I been out? Almost half an hour, Casey. Gee, I'm so worried. It's I... all right, kid. I'm okay. I was born with a fixed skull. Hey, you knew Irwin pretty well, Casey. Can't you think of some reason why... There wasn't any reason, Logan. No, don't question Casey now, Captain Logan. The doctor says he's got to go to the hospital. Hospital? Oh, no. Forget it, Annie. Logan... You remember Shorty got a beat on a Bernstein murder. Maybe Mosley thought Shorty got a picture that would help strap him in a chair and... Now, forget about Mosley, pal. He's dead. Who's dead? Joe Mosley. He was the man who died in the tenement fire. Kid. Joe Mosley? Yeah. Fireman dragged out a charred body shortly after you were socked. He was lying just inside what was under the back door. Here's what they found on it. That watch has Joe Mosley's name engraved on the case, Casey. Yeah. And the diamond ring has his initials inside. And there was some fancy bridge work in the mouth of the uh, remains that I'm pretty sure was Mosley's. It replaced some teeth that I personally had the pleasure of knocking out when he resisted arrest one time. And he? He was hiding out in that abandoned tenement. Yeah. And now the state won't have to burn him. Well, then who killed Shorty? We'll find out. Yeah. Well, i got to get back to the office. Joe Mosley's death and poor Shorty's murder make feature stuff. These bum pictures I got of this fire. No, no, you're waiting here for the ambulance. No, no, I'm not. Oh, now, Casey. Logan, give me my camera and my plate case. Hey, listen, Pal, you ought to take it. We're nuts. Where's my stuff? Where is it? Well, here's your tools. Casey, don't... Why should I go to the hospital? Lie there and think about that nice little guy, Shorty Irwin. That some louse shot in the back. not fit to be working, Casey. That's Even right. Sue Death wants you to go home unless somebody Will you lay off, please? Thing. Look, wait a minute, will you? I'm trying to develop these films that I shot. you got no business in the dark room anyway, Annie. Okay, if you want me to go out. I will... I'm sorry, kid. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. <laughs> okay, I know. I understand. Let's see what i got here. Hmm. Hey, I don't remember shooting anything from this angle. Hey, well, let me see another. Annie. I didn't take these pictures. What? Well, there's a shot here of... Get on the phone outside and call Logan right I'm away. sure, but what's it all about, Casey? What I did you find? I won't be sure. I won't be sure until I made a print of this negative. But I think I've got a picture of Shorty Irwin's murder. Our story will continue in just a moment. Do you know how to make breakfast toast more appealing, more satisfying... Well, here's a gratifyingly simple trick. Set out a lot of jams, jellies, and marmalades. Now, not just one, but a wide selection. And see how your family responds to that symphony of taste and luscious color. And see how they smile and, and reach for another golden slice of toast. And another. Hmm. And it's so good for them, too. Now, that's the way to start the morning right. That's the simple way to supply quick energy for an active day. Yes, you can add a magic touch to any ordinary meal when you serve a gleaming assortment of fine preserves, jellies, and jams for breakfast. Now, quite naturally, the packers of these fine foods, the preserve industry of today, bring you their colorful products packed in glass. And they know, as you do, that glass completely safeguards wholesomeness and flavor. And crystal clear glass provides a rainbow of color on your table. Anchor glass containers and modern anchor hawking sealing methods bring you flavor at its peak. Anchor Glass Containers and Anchor Caps are both products of Anchor Hawking. Anchor Hawking. 
famous name in glass. How'd you get this picture, Casey? Logan, I didn't get it. Shorty got it. Uh, Shorty? Uh, look, what did you do with the other equipment case, Logan? The one that you thought was Shorty's. I must have been so groggy. Well, we opened it and found it empty. All the film's gone. Uh-huh. That explains everything. Look, what do you see in this picture I brought you? Two guys walking up an alley with their backs turned. But one of them is looking around over his shoulder. You can see his face. And it's the face of Joe Mosley. Yeah, you're right. In spite of the watch, the ring, the bridge work, Joe Mosley wasn't burned up in that fire because Irwin was killed after the fire was almost out. That's right, Captain. It wasn't Mosley's body that was found. No, it was just some poor devil of Joe Mosley's size. The stuff planted on him, teeth and all. Yeah, sure. And the old gag was pulled so good I almost fell for it. Almost? Well, you did fall for it, pal. Joe Mosley's brother, Frank, the lawyer, the smart guy. Frank knew that Joe couldn't beat the Bernstein rap once you cops got your miss on it. It's only possible out was to make you think that he was dead, so he framed that fire. You think the other guy in this picture is Joe's brother, Frank? Sure. The face doesn't show, but he's Frank's bill. Yeah, if we can prove Frank was with Joe, we can nail him, too, as accessory. I've always wanted to get that cookie shite. Now, Logan, look, here's what I figured happened. Yeah? Joe Mosley went into that tenement tonight and planted his watch and ring and an extra set of bridge work on another guy who'd been smuggled in there unseen, probably doped or already dead. And then started the fire, yelled a couple of times after the fire got going, and sneaked out the back way into that alley. His brother Frank was waiting to see that everything went according to plan. Yeah, but where does Shorty Owen fit in? Shorty went into the alley for the same reason I did, Logan. To get a picture of the fire from a new angle. He saw Joe and Frank up the alley where the fire glow made it bright. And he probably thought of that 5000 bucks reward. He was a camera toter, so his first instinct was to get a picture first. He called the cops afterwards. But Shorty snapped his shutter and started to run. Putting the film he just exposed into his case as he ran. And then uh, Joe shot him in the back. And he was about to take the films from Shorty's case when we came into the alley. That's it, Adam. The box that I stumbled over was really Shorty's equipment case. After Joe slugged me, he took the films from my case, thinking that they were short. Yeah. Yeah, that must be the way it happened. And now we still have to find Joe and Frank Mosley. Yeah. I think I know how to get both of them. And where? What do you mean? All you got to do, Logan. Now, wait a minute. Before I pass out any more information, Logan, I want an understanding about that 5000 bucks reward. Reward? Yeah, I want it. I want it all. No divvies with you or any other cop. Ah, you rat. Huh? A pal of yours has been bumped off, and you'll help nail the guys who killed him only if you can collect five grand. Logan, you heard him, Miss Williams. You want to speak? In my racket, we know what guys will do for money. Okay. Okay. I said I want the five grand and no divvies. I don't make any deal. No, out for the pot yourself now that I've shown a lot of cards. Oh, but I've had, I'd have a legitimate right to be out for it. I wasn't a personal friend of Shorty Irwin. You loud. Okay. I'm playing this my own way. And I'll see you later, Logan. Hey, Casey, wait for me. I'm not waiting for anybody. And the next time I see you, Logan, I think I'll knock your teeth out. <laughs> Going. Get in my car, eh? Go home, please. I'm going with you. You know, Logan didn't mean what he said. Didn't he? No, he couldn't have. He spoke of it so suddenly, Casey, out of a clear sky. It took him by surprise. And it... Um, 
why are you so interested in that reward? You... You figure it out for yourself, honey. Here's the car. Better take a cab home. I'm not going home. I'm going with you. Okay, if you want to stick your neck out, get in. I don't think I'll enjoy your company, but I will go along with you to satisfy my curiosity. Your neck and your curiosity. Where are we going? To the south side and through red light. What's on the south side? A photographer's studio run by a guy who calls himself Jackson. that you've thought out enough to tell me that one of Joe Mosley's brothers runs Jackson's studio. I would like Annie, to know... Annie, wait a minute. I, I'm sorry I acted like a heel to you, but with Logan, he made me so sore. Well, I... Say for it, Logan, if you want to, but will you explain why you're going to call on this Jackson, who is really Tony Mosley? Well, Frank Mosley will want to have the films that Joe thinks that he took from Shorty's kit developed to make sure that they have the incriminating picture. And Tony... Mosley brother number three is the logical guy to do it. But they took the films in the alley why it's over an hour ago. I know. I don't think Frank could take a chance just driving to his place in the beeline. Laying even money that we get to Tony's about the same time they do. Well, if you're right, you can't capture a killer like Joe Mosley single handed. Give you odds on that. Casey, you don't even carry a gun. Got one tonight. Fired it before we left headquarters. Oh. Well, Tony's joints just up this block across the street. Park right here. Studio's upstairs place, huh? Yeah, on the second floor. Hardly anyone on the street. No policemen. But we can't take a chance on uh, going up there. We're not going up there, Annie. You're staying right in the car. Oh, no. Now, honey, look, I want you to be out here watching. If you don't see me come outside in five minutes, you make for that drugstore in the corner and phone the cops. Well, yeah, okay. All, All right, right but if you have to call them in, make it very clear that I'm not splitting that reward. You developed every film, Tony. Every exposed one you brought me, Frank. Joe, there's nothing but pictures of the fire here. I see. Maybe I rubbed out that little guy for nothing, Frank. Yeah, but we saw him with his camera pointed at us in that alley. Girl, you're so brainless, you rubbed out Bernstein before witnesses. But even a lawyer like me can't make a jury believe you didn't do it. Now I think you've done something dumber than usual. Only you can't figure out what. Stop calling me dumb, now, Frank. Shut up, you screwball. Now let me think. Hmm. Now, then, that other guy, the one you slugged in the alley. You don't know who he was? How could I know? It was pitch dark. Uh, with a girl, you told me. Didn't you hear them say something that hey, might... She called the guy, uh, Casey, I think it was. He, he seemed to know the guy I just shot. She called the guy Casey, Joe? Yeah, yeah. I know. Casey, Morning Express. Sure, he's the answer. He'd carry an equipment case. Those were his films you got, Joe. Then the film you wanted, Frank... The cops probably have it by now. Hey, we got to make tracks and fast. Didn't get out of my studio. Here, quick. I don't want to be mixed up in your murder. Hey, we're going, Tony. We're going. But burn those films you developed and forget your sauce tonight. No one will learn anything out of me, Frank. But you and Joe, get out. Get out. Come on, Frank. Wait a minute. That auto horn. Choked the signal. What do you mean? Hey, we left a lookout in the car, Tony. That horn meant somebody's coming up here. Cops the trail you to my place. No, no, no. That signal don't mean cops. Joe, I'll open the door quick. You take care of whoever's coming up the stairs, but no shooting. 
Unless you have. Yeah, okay. Right open the door. Wait up here, Mr. Guy. Quick. I, I... Drop that gat in your hand. I'll let you have it. Okay. Never had any luck packing a rod. Shut up and anyway. step inside and keep quiet. Frank, it's Casey. I know. Are you, Frank? Well, Tony. Mug with a gun, of course, is brother Joe. What were you doing on them stairs? Coming up to have Tony take my picture. A wise guy, yeah. Shut you. up, Joe. Where's the film, Casey? What film? Come clean. I figured out what happened. Yeah, I guess you have. Well, the cops have the film, Frank, and the cops have this joint surrounded right now. Frank. Now, take it easy, Tony. <laughs> that bluff won't work, Casey. We have a lookout on the street who would have let us know if any cops were out. Uh, just as he tipped us to expect you. Oh, yeah. Should have thought of that. Get that sock on the head Joe gave me to do my brains much good. You're going to get more than a sock on the head this time, wise guy. That's right. I can guess why you had a hunch to come here, Casey. They can't figure out why you were sap enough to come along. You know, you've put yourself in quite a spot now. You better not pull any rough stuff, Frank. I wasn't such a sap as you Holy. Someone's coming up the stairs, Frank. I hear him. This guy makes a whisper, Joe. You know what to do. Yeah. Hey, Schultz didn't give us any signal. What? Yeah, Schultz is not. Go on, let him in. Oh, you're looking. Yeah. Let me in, guys. Okay, Schultz. Hey, who's the game with you? Casey. Annie. Get in there, lady. Hold on. I saw the big guy leave the skirt in the car when he started up here, boss. So after I gave you the signal, I kept an eye on her. She started toward the drugstore with us. A telephone a minute ago. You put a gun in my back, Casey. That's all right. Well, you've done a nice job, Schultz. Well, Casey, if you depended on this girl to bring the cuff, she won't now. I'm sorry, Casey. You two have acted so dumb in coming here alone. I got an idea you've been even dumber. But you didn't turn that film over to the cops. You're wrong, Frank. Captain Logan of Homicide has got that film. He knew about it. He'd come here with you. Now, listen. You listen to me. Where is that film? Casey just told you. You're going to tell us the truth. Tell us where it is. All right. Joe, you know how to make him talk. Yeah, I know. And start with the dame. Right now. Let her go. Keep the guy covered, Charles. Hey, he was too slow. Right? Make him lay out, Mark. Get him right now. Joe, I'll fix him, Frank. Okay, let go. Now, Mr. Casey won't bother us for a long time. Mug sucked me before I can't hold him with my cat. I want Dr. Joe Mosley to get away with it. I'm going to beat his head in. No, don't hit him again, Just don't. watch me. Oh. Hey, what's that? Joe's been shot. Take him off, you guys. Get him off. Hey, there's a window at the door. And your lookout came up here with Miss Williams. Mosley It gave me a chance to post my man. You killed Joe. You killed my brother. I've saved the state expense. And if you make a move that gives me any excuse, I'll save it another bill for juice. Get the cops on him, boys. Logan. Logan, how did you know we came here? Well, there's no way of keeping you quiet tonight, is there, Casey? You've recovered from another knockout. My head, my head. Casey. That's all right, Eddie. I'm okay. Logan, I ask you, how did you know? I simply followed your car, you sap. You didn't think I'd let a bloodsucker like you collect the 5,000 bucks reward. I see. It's all yours, Logan. You want it. You earned it. Only... Only you wanted it. For Shorty Irwin's widow. Well, she's going to get it. I knew that was your idea from the first. And I got sore at you for trying to make a deal with me instead of coming clean. Shorty's picture of that reward for his family, no matter what anyone did afterward. And the next time you infer that I'd cheat a widow and a kid, I'll knock your teeth out. Okay, okay, Logan. I got it coming. Only, only just the teeth, please. Please don't anybody stop me on the head again tonight. (laughs) 
will join the crowd of the Blue Note in just a moment. It's just a week to Thanksgiving and a real old-fashioned turkey dinner with all the fixings. And to make that fine meal even finer, serve plenty of delicious oven-baked side dishes. You know, there are so many tasty dishes that will make your dinner look better and taste better when they're baked in Fire King oven glass. Sweet potatoes, baked onions, baked tomatoes, cornbread, pies, and puddings. Why, your family will enjoy those steaming casserole dishes when they come to the table warm, fragrant, and appetizing in beautiful pale blue Fire King oven glass. And it cuts down the work after the meal because Fire King oven glass is so amazingly easy to clean. Now, you'll find Fire King oven glass at 5 and 10 cent stores, department stores, and all other stores selling household glass. Fire King prices are amazingly low, and every piece is guaranteed for two years against oven breakage. Fire King Oven Glass is a product of Anchor Hawking. The most famous name in glass. Williams, Captain Logan. Hello, Hello Ethelbert. Uh, say, where's Casey? He's home in bed, Ethelbert, on uh, Dr. Logan's orders. You uh, sent the guy to bed, Captain? That's right, Ethelbert, and the two men I assigned to take him home have orders to make sure that's where he goes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's so funny? Hey, look who's coming in the door with those bandages on his head. What? Casey! Hiya, folks. Meet my pal. Sergeant, I thought I told you to see that Casey. Now, wait a minute, Logan. That's not their fault. What do you mean? They brought me here. This is where I told them I live. Why? All right. <laughs> Set him up, Ethelbert. A guy who earns a $5,000 reward can afford to pay for him. These are on you, Casey. Uh, $5,000? Uh, Ethelbert, can you lend me five bucks more? I'm still flat. Crime Photographer, starring Stotts Cotsworth as Casey, is brought to you each Thursday by the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation, makers of Fire King Oven Glass, Anchor Glass Containers, Anchor Caps and Closures, all products of Anchor Hawking, the most famous name in glass. Directed by John Deep. The original music is by Archie Blyer, and the program features Miss Jan Minor as Anne and John Gibson as Ethelbert. Herman Jittison is the Blue Note pianist. This is Tony Marvin saying good night for the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, with offices in all principal cities of the United States and Canada. Broadcasting system. The Anchor Hawking.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Science Corporation brings you Crime Photographer. Mr. Marvin, I was just talking to Casey about you. Uh-oh, a few not-so-gentle remarks? Oh, no. On the contrary, Tony, Ethelbert admires your gift of gas. Yeah, Mr. Marvin, you've got such a nice way of putting things. You make them words sound so important. Oh, I'd like to take credit for that, but I, I can't very well. You know, one of the things I repeat most would sound important no matter who said it, Ethelbert. Yeah? And what's that, Mr. Marvin? That Anchor Hawking is the most famous name in glass. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Tony Marvin. Every week at this time, the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, and its more than 10,000 employees bring you another adventure of Casey Crime Photographer, ace cameraman who covers the crime news of a great city. Written by Alonzo Dean Cole, our adventure for tonight, Treasure Cave. Cafe. Leaning happily on the bar is Captain Logan, chief of the Homicide Bureau. And Ethelbert, the head bartender, regards him with a look of unconcealed envy as... You and Casey are going to have three whole days at Red Lake, Captain, with nothing to do but fish, huh? That's the program, Ethelbert. We're driving up there tonight. Some guys have all the luck. Yeah. This is the first time that Casey and I have both been free at the same time. <laughs> I'm finally getting a chance to make the log eat some of those tall fish stories he tells us. That I'd like to see happen. Yeah. To hear Casey tell it, he's a better fisherman than even uh, Jonah. Yeah. Jonah? Yeah, didn't he catch a whale named Moby Dick or something? I think. Moby Dick. Bird, I always learn things from you. Good evening, gentlemen. Oh, here comes... Hi, guys. Hello, Casey. Uh, here's a stool for you, Mr. William. Oh, uh, thanks, Captain. Uh, Captain Logan's just been telling me you and him are driving to Red Lake tonight, Casey. Yeah, uh, the Red Lake trip's off. Uh, huh? Yeah. 
City desk just handed Ann and me a special assignment, Logan. We've got to be in Titustown tomorrow. Is he kidding, Miss Williams? No, Captain. We're going to Titustown. Casey, I bet you asked for that assignment. You know darn well if we went fishing together, I'd call the bluff you've been making for years. I never believed you knew a trout fly from a bass lord. Hold it, Junior. You and I are still going fishing tomorrow. Uh, you're going to Titustown? Huh? Lake Hopatobie, one of the best fishing spots in this state, is only a few miles from Titustown, pal. Hey, that's right. You and Casey can leave tonight as you plan, Captain, and spend the whole morning on the lake. And I'll catch a train tomorrow, and that'll get me into Titustown around noon. Casey will meet me. We'll clean up our assignment, then I'll rejoin you at the lake, pal. Hopatobie is a fishing spot, from what I've heard. Sure Say, is. uh, ain't Treasure Cave near Titustown? Just outside the village. Treasure cave. Yeah, it's our special assignment. You're going to investigate the mysterious death, sir? Investigate? Yeah. Oh, we're not cops, Ethelbert. Miss Williams will simply write an on-the-spot feature story for our Sunday edition. I'll make with a camera. Well, you're a cop, Captain Logan. How do you figure them mysterious deaths in Treasure Cave? Treasure Cave is near Titustown. All I know about them is what I read in the papers, which are usually wrong. Is that so? Why, Logan's right, Annie. Yeah. Because we poor newspaper mugs have to base most of our stuff on what the cops tell us. Is that? (laughs) (laughs) Casey, do you figure them guys found dead in Treasure Cave were just murdered normal? Or uh, do you dope it as the sinister work of supernatural forces? Sinister work of forces? That last dead guy, the archaecologist, had been drowned, according to the doctors, but his body was in a part of that cave that is at least half a mile from the water. Oh, surely you don't believe in ghosts, Ethelbert. No, but how do you explain the other guy who was killed in that same part of the cave about a year ago and the guy before him? Well, they were obviously murdered. Strangely murdered, I read. You know, you've certainly got fancy bump-offs. I'll say one man had been hacked up with a cutlass several hundred years old, and the other had a bullet in his head that could have been fired only from an early 18th century muzzle-loading pistol. Which weapons, Captain, were the kind once used by pirates? Yeah. And dead pirates are supposed to haunt that cave because they're garden treasure they hid there. Well, if one of the good guys in my department could be detailed to that backward Titustown neighborhood, he'd clean up the case in 24 hours. Oh, you're going to Titustown, pal? We're on vacation to fish. Mm-hmm. But if the boss of your department was one of its good guys... Nuts. Casey, maybe you and Miss Williams can solve the treasure cave mystery. Well, of course, we're only amateurs, Sherlock, so it may take us a little over 24 hours to crack it, uh, maybe even 25, Annie. Mm, maybe 26, Casey. After all, we haven't Captain Logan's long experience. That's right. It'll be embarrassing to the captain when you bust the case when it's known he was up there with you and didn't do nothing but fish. Oh, well, we'll keep that out of the paper. We've covered Logan before. We'll do it again. You've got to protect your friend. I see. All of you behind the needle, huh? <laughs> I can't just make it. Uh, Casey, I can't get mixed up in that treasure cave thing officially, but well, I'll go there with you, Miss Williams, tomorrow. You won't tell anybody who I am. Okay, pal, it's a deal. we got a call first on the man who owns the cave, Captain. Mr. Lefton. He doesn't like unpleasant publicity, but he's an old friend of our managing editor who finally got his permission to let Casey and me go over the place. Now, this Lefton's a pretty rich guy here. He's a retired broker who became a gentleman farmer. Fraser Caves at one end of his farm. I'll take along with you, call it. Now, now, Casey, if we're going to get some early morning fishing, we got to hit the road. Okay, let's go. We'll drop you off to your farm, Annie. Thanks. Good night, Ethelbert. Good night, pal. So long, Ethelbert. So long. Oh, gee. 
A nice fishing trip and a swell murder mystery, too. Some people have all the luck. Tell me, Casey, nobody ever caught fish with the wiggler lure you used this morning. Oh, is that so? Well, I've caught fish and plenty with that wiggler. Sure. Well, it didn't work this morning because every time I got a near strike, you were splashing around with that pork rind bait. Pork rind's the best bass bait in the world. Is that so? Why'd you catch something with it? Then? Well, only because Casey, you were... Captain, huh? please. Huh? huh? Women are supposed to be gabbers, but no two gals ever extended a two-word subject like no fish into an hour-long argument. <laughs> How about the two-word subject, long skirt, Annie? Or a popular one-word subject, men. If you men were gentlemen, you wouldn't gang up like that on a lady. Oh, oh right. gang up. Well, here's Lefton's house. Come on, let's pile out. Hey, some place the guy has. Oh, I'll say. Beautiful house and a model farm and the ocean practically in his backyard. Yeah, all we're interested in, Annie, is the cave he owns. Now, let's go in and introduce ourselves. Uh, Casey, remember, I don't want to be known as a city cop here. Oh, oh, okay. Here, carry my camera and equipment case. Carry you. Sure. We'll say you're my assistant photographer. Oh, sure. Well, uh, wait a minute. Remember, I demand a respectful attitude from underlings. So please address me hereafter as Master. Nuts. <laughs> a woman's just come out the door. Oh, good afternoon. Uh, how do you do? We have an appointment with Mr. Lefton. You're the newspaper people? Uh, yes, the Morning Express. Our managing My brother editor. told me to expect you. I'm Miss Lefton. Oh, nice to know you. Uh, this is Miss Williams. How do you do? How do you uh, do? Captain, uh, Mr. Logan, my assistant. <laughs> and my name is Casey. Uh, please come in. Thank you. My brother's in the living room here. Basil? Oh, yes, Sider. The newspaper people are here. Oh. Uh, Miss Williams, Mr. Casey, Mr. Logan. This is Mr. Lefton. Sit down. Thank you. Sider, get Ramsey. Very well, Basil. Uh, excuse me. Ramsey is my superintendent. He'll take you people to the cave. Frankly, I deeply resent the invasions of my privacy caused by the so-called mystery murders in Treasure Cave. So please get your material as quickly as possible. Yes, we will, Mr. Lefton. I suppose the stories given to the press associations by the county sheriff's office are substantially correct. Insofar as I know, and all I know is that during the past year and a half, three men have been found dead in the cave. According to a legend, Mr. Lefton, pirate treasure is hidden in the cave. That's only a legend, Miss Williams. <coughs> have you any theory to account for the recent murders, Mr. Lefton? I think they're the work of a madman. Why? Because they were so utterly purposeless. None of the victims were robbed, and they had nothing in common. Sheriff Fargo... But all had your permission to be in case. Yes, I've never thrown it open to the general public. Then your permission is one thing they had in common. That can certainly account for their death. Uh, excuse me, uh, Basil? Yes, I do. Mr. Wyler's on the phone. Will you talk to him? What does he want? The same old thing? Yes, he says he's willing to increase his last offer by $2,000. Tell him I say again that the land isn't the same. Why don't you tell him? I'm tired of telling him. Anyway, it's your concern more than mine. This property is going to belong to you. I'll tell him. Forgive me for shouting at you, Ida. Did you send for Ramsey? Yes, he's on his way here. Excuse me. I apologize. This man, Wyler, owns a farm adjoining mine, and for the past two years... He's been trying to buy a strip of my land. I'm completely fed up with him. Well, I guess we've all met pets like that. Mr. Lefton? Oh, yes, Ramsey. Your sister told me to come right in, sir. Quite right, quite right. These are the newspaper people I told you about. 
Miss Williams, KC, Mr. Logan. This is Ramsey, who runs my farm. How do you doing? Glad to know you. He'll take you to the cave. All right. We'll get going right away, Mr. Lefton, and thanks a million. Not at all. Take him by boat, Ramsey. The best way. Yes, sir. Come with me. Okay. Thanks again, Mr. Lefton. Our story will continue in just a moment. And now, a word about beer insurance. Beer insurance? How does that work? Easy. Select a good, tasty brew, then insist on having it delivered in glass bottles. In glass bottles? Yes, in glass bottles. Because glass bottles and glass bottles only can bring you beer and ale as it comes from the brewery, unaffected by any foreign taste or flavor. Beer that's brewery bright. Beer in glass. And now we have a new kind of bottle. The Anchor Glass One-Way Bottle. It requires no deposit. No return to the store. When it's empty, dispose of it as you would any food container. You are the first and last to use it. It saves space in the icebox. Easy to open, easy to drink from. It's always in good taste. And it protects that real brew. Brewery flavor, as only glass can protect it. Yes. The revolutionary new Anchor Glass one-way no-deposit bottle is sweeping America. For perfect flavor, demand beer in glass bottles. For extra convenience, demand your favorite brand in the new Anchor Glass one-way no-deposit bottle. A product of Anchor Hawking. The most famous name in glass. in just a few minutes if it took you folks overland take longer. Cave entrance is near the beach. Ramsey isn't it? It's right off the water, Mr. Casey. The scientific fellers who came here told me Treasure Cave was hollered out by the sea. That's why it ain't a pretty cave like some saw in Kentucky when it was soldiering down there. Oh, did you go through Mammoth Cave in Kentucky, Mr. Ramsey? Yes, ma'am. They tell me folks come from all over the world and pay big money to go through that place, but the hole under them cliffs I'm taking you to is nothing but a dark old tunnel. How long have you been out of the Army, Ramsey? Two years. Got too old. Come right back here, and Mr. Lefton's sister gave him a old job back. His uh, sister keeps house for him? Yes, ma'am. Uh, ever since his wife died, 20 years or more ago, I figure Miss Ida got married or never got married herself because she thought she ought to take care of him and his daughter. Uh, Lefton has a daughter? Uh, she's had three husbands, all no good. She's supported on her father's money. Now he's paying for a third divorce so she can marry a fourth bum. The old man's crazy about his only kid, so she gets anything he's got and throws it away. Guess he has plenty. We heard him refuse to sell a part of his farm at any price this afternoon. That guy, Wyler? Yeah. Uh, the boss won't sell the cave. The cave? It's uh, on the strip of land Wyler wants to buy. It ain't worth much. Guess that's why he willed it to his sister. That no good daughter of his gets everything else when he dies. Uh... You can see the cave entrance now. It's full of the cliff. Oh, that big hole there? Uh-huh. Engine Sam's waiting there. He'll take you to where them murders were committed. Engine Sam? Oh, Sam's what's called character. That's him standing on the top there. Big guy. Weighs over 250 and none of it's fat. He killed a guy with just one punch. He's killed a man? Yeah. Set him up for manslaughter, but Sam got a full pardon. He came out of jail that same time I got out of the army. That's Sam! Oh! I'm the... Got them newspaper people aboard? Huh? Go on. I've fastened 
both. All right, here it goes. I got... I'll help you out later. Oh, thank you, Grant. Uh, Sam, uh, this is Miss Williams, Mr. Casey. <laughs> so it's all I've got from there. Oh, Logan, my assistant. Oh, sure, yes. Logan. Oh, don't forget my equipment, Logan. Yeah, Mr. Casey. I bring lantern here for each. Thanks, sir. What's right? Leave you folks now and get back on my job. Much obliged for your help, Ramsey. I'll thank my boss. Watch out for him, Sam. I watch out, Ramsey. Casey, I don't like this engine, Sam. Neither do I, Annie. Not so crazy about Ramsey, either. Where do your people want to go? To Spirit Temple Place, where murders are done? Yes, Sam. Take us to the Spirit Temple. Come. It's dark inside. Use lantern and watch your step. When do we get to the spirit's temple, Sam? So now. Hey, how big is this cave? We've been walking a long time. Half mile. And most uninteresting, just a dark, dreary tunnel. Yeah, certainly no tourist attraction. Caves made by spirits. Ever run into one of those spirits? I hear and see many things in caves that make me afraid. I don't go alone to Spirit's Temple anymore. When did you see and hear those things? After I come back here from prison. Have you told the police about it? I tell Sheriff Fargo. He say, I pray. I go ahead now. Cave gets very narrow here. You follow. Say, how does that guy strike you, Casey? You think he's nuts or putting on an act? I don't think he's nuts, Bobby. He makes a swell suspect for all three of those murders. Apparently the county sheriff doesn't think so. Sheriffs are sometimes better politicians than they are policemen. Get a mouthful there. I'll say Hey, the cave has gotten narrow. Yeah, there's only a passage here. Winds around like a corkscrew. Watch that back there. Shine lights on floor. You go downward now. We're watching, Sam. Careful, Annie. Yeah, I'll be careful. Fine, it is deep. Now the passage is getting wider. There's a squeeze back there for Garza and the guy's outside, Casey. Much tighter squeeze for an Indian Sam. Guys, look like a battleship. Yeah, we're coming out in a huge chamber. Hey, uh, ceiling must be 100 feet up. Here is Spirit Temple for men dark. Yeah. Show us where those dead men are found. Oh. Man killed by pirate sword died here. Oh, rocks of dangerous blood, Kate. Yeah. Um, Drown. Lie here. The guy who drowned that man outside the cave and then carried him all the way in here must be a big, strong guy, Sam. Extra big and strong. That's what Sheriff Fargo say. But I say, man drowned here in Spirit Temple. There's no water here. Drown man in. Spirits bring water. Spirits drown that man. I'll believe that after I see his spirit at work. I'm beginning to wonder what kind of a law officer this cargo is. Hey, good sheriff. A good little man. 
my friend. He's obviously your friend. What you say? Lovin didn't mean anything, Sam. That's just his way. Hey, uh, show us where the third dead guy was found, will you? The one who was shot with the old-time pistol. He was on other side, behind Temple Altar. Love it, you got to take it easy. Can't be cracked about this shot. That's how I got the sword. Why hasn't he put that big guy through the work? Smells like off and off protection to me. To me, too. Well, okay, but Sam's watching us. Come on, break up his huddle. Did you call that big rock formation the Temple Altar, Sam? Is that it? What? Here's what they call it. Yeah, it looks like a giant size over it. Yeah, and the rocks around it look like giant trays. Hmm, it's spooky. Here is where a man found with bullet in. Oh, Mr. Case, Mr. Logan. What? Oh, oh there. Oh, a man. Sheriff Fargo's chief deputy. I owe Fargo's memory a big apology. He hasn't been missing a bet, Casey. You said it. Everyone who had access to that cave was checked by the sheriff's office. And Fargo spent hours in the spirit's temple searching for leads. That's what he's doing this morning when the coroner says he got that arrow through his throat. He got it because he found a lead. As the others were killed because they'd found something. Oh, the pirate treasure? Yeah, apparently. Just before the first killing, that man Wyler tried to buy the cave and legal property rights to anything found on a person's land. Casey, drive out to Wyler's place, and let's see what we can find out about him. Well, it might take too long, Annie. They haven't got much time to waste up here. Drive back to Treasure Cave, Casey. We'll pay another visit to the spirit temple. Jack, child, my idea is Jack. But we'll stop off first at Lefton's house. Why? Because every murder victim, including Sheriff Fargo this morning, had received formal permission from Lefton to prowl through that cave. Gentlemen and Miss Williams may go again to the cave. Thank you, Mr. Lefton. Ida, will you phone Ramsey's quarters and ask him to take these people by boat? Right away, Benson. I'm terribly distressed by Sheriff Fargo's death. Terribly distressed. He was a friend of mine. I can't get over what happened to Sheriff Fargo, Mr. Casey. He was a friend of mine. Only this morning I took him to the cave in this very boat. So I'm taking you folks now. Did you take all the other murder victims to the treasure cave, Ramsey? In this boat? Yep, all of them. Then turned them over to Injun Sam. No. I go inside cave with none of those men who are killed. They say they want to be alone. So I give them lanterns. Then go up to my house on cliff. Shall I guide you again to Spirit Temple? No, Sam. We want to be alone. Just give us lanterns. Okay. I give. Then go my house. Quite a few little things those murder victims had in common. (laughs) 
raise a group of rocks we'll concentrate on, Logan. They're set close together. Yeah. Only a small man could wedge himself between any of these big stones. Sheriff Fargo, like the other murder victims, was a skinny little guy. Another thing they had in common, Tissy. You know, there's so many rocks around here. So many possible passages. Now, shine your lantern into each crevice as we're doing, Mr. Young. Oh, yeah, try to spot a place that a little guy might squeeze through. Or a little woman. Huh? Don't move, any of you. I know. Miss Lefton. You're armed with a very modern weapon this time, Miss Lefton. Yes, a bow and arrow or an ancient pistol can be effective against a single man. But when you left my brother's house, I sensed that I might have to kill all three of you. You reach your private passage through your brother's house? I enter it from a point near the house. No one knows the spot but me. I'm sorry. I must kill you now. Well, uh, <clears throat> you know, spoil the game you've been playing if you bump us off with anything so unfanciful as that rifle, Miss Left. I haven't been playing any games. I've been protecting my personal interests. I discovered this passage while Injun Sam was in prison. And since there are superstitions about this cave, I killed the men who discovered my secret in an unusual way. Your uh, secret is the pirate treasure. No, no, Miss Williams. This passage leads to another cave that extends for endless miles with ceiling of crystal-like gypsum and pillars of white onyx, a fairyland of beauty. People will pay to see it, pay millions, pay me, because I inherit the cave. Why did you have to keep it a secret? Because of Basil's worthless daughter. She'd get it if Basil knew the cave was of any value. He'd change his will. You see now why I protected myself in the only way I could? By killing those who threatened the security I've earned? I'll kill everyone who threatened... Oh! I've got her, Logan. You've got her. I've got her. We've all You got so interested in what you were saying, you came too close to us. Oh, yeah. Here, Miss Williams, hold a gun. When a woman starts to talk, you just got to stop her. Join the crowd of the Blue Note in just a moment. Many a housewife will tell you that she much prefers Fire King oven glass for this very practical reason. Fire King oven glass is so easy to clean. That's it. Fire King oven glass is so easy to clean. It won't absorb the baking stains and odors which are almost impossible to remove from ordinary baking dishes. Now, there's a scientific reason. Fire King oven glass has a special non-porous surface which is literally mirror-smooth. This surface is achieved by a closely guarded Fire King secret process. This is just one of the many reasons it will pay you to insist on Fire King oven glass by name, for there is only one genuine Fire King oven glass. Now, you'll find a wide variety of Fire King casseroles, pie plates, and general utility dishes in all sizes wherever household glass is sold. You'll be amazed at the low price, and you'll be charmed by the clean, gleaming, pale blue beauty of Fire King Oven Glass, a product of Anchor Hawking. The most famous name in glass. was busted in less than 24 hours, huh, Miss Williams? In less than eight hours, Ethelbert. Eight into 24. Gee, that's only a third of the time Captain Logan said. There were three of us working on it. Three? Well, Casey and Captain Logan makes only two. Oh, oh, you. Yes. Oh. There's a few things I don't get, Miss Williams. 
How did the guy get drowned in that spirit's temple half a mile from water? Well, it doesn't require an ocean to drown a man, Ethelbert. Hmm? A small pail of water will do the job if you first hit him on the head with a rock and then dunk his face. So that's how. That's how. Hmm. Clever, you women. Thanks. The only thing I got against women is they talk too much. Oh, yeah? Casey and Captain Logan still up at the lake catching fish? They're still at the lake. Not catching fish. And they're talking about no fish. Talking, talking, talking. Crime Photographer, starring Stotts Cotsworth as Casey, is brought to you each Thursday by the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation, makers of Fire King Oven Glass. Anchor Glass Containers, Anchor Caps and Closures. All products of Anchor Hawking. The most famous name in glass. is directed by John Deese. The original music is by Archie Blyer, and the program features Miss Jan Minor as Anne and John Gibson as Ethelbert. Herman Titterson is the Blue Note piano. Daylight saving time ends next week, and the entire country will be on standard time. If your area has not been on daylight savings time, tune in Crime Photographer one hour later. This is Tony Marvin saying good night for the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, with offices in all principal cities of the United States and Canada. Thursday night on CBS is the biggest show in town, so stay tuned for exciting dramatizations on Reader's Digest Radio Edition, which follows immediately over most of these stations. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.